Hello and welcome back to The Daily Brew, the devotional where every day we drink a new brew of coffee and we see what God is brewing for us in the Bible. Yes, it's cheesy, but it's true. And you join me here in Auckland, New Zealand for day 345 of 365 days of Bible reading. Yes, there is a pep in my step as we are only 20 days to go in our Bible devotional journey. A massive welcome back to everybody on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, YouTube, and of course, all of our other platforms as well. Let's have a look at what scriptures we're going to be reading today. Then we'll get into our coffee and then we'll get into our Bible. Psalm 140 verse 6 to 12, Revelation chapter 2 verse 18 to chapter 3 verse 6, and Esther, a new book, chapter 1 verse 1 to chapter 2 verse 18. So those are our scriptures for today. Make sure you have a read of those at some point. Now, our brew for today. We are continuing on with our Lafare decaf coffee. No tasting notes have been provided. Yesterday's didn't taste super duper flash. Let's see if the French horn press or the plunger gives us a better result. Cheers. Still very earthy, but you're getting a bit more of a sweetness come through, which is quite nice. Uh, which is interesting because normally I find the sweetness comes with the high end, but this time around it's coming through a bit of a lower. It's still not like punch you in the face amazing. It is very run of the mill. But I would be okay if I was looking for a decaf coffee to have this again. I still think 5.5 is a fair rating for this coffee, uh, which is sad because I was hoping we'd get a little bit more of it. Tomorrow, though, we'll try it in the espresso and see how it goes. That is it, though, for today. Let's get into the Bible, the reason that we are here. In our psalm today, we see that David is surrounded by troublemakers, people who are slanderers and people of violence. It gets crazier as we read some of them deal in physical blows and others just in words. You may know that saying, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. Nah, that's not true. The Bible tells us that thoughtless words actually cut like a sword. So unfortunately, this saying is not really the reality. Both physical actions and words make a mark on people. We have to make sure we don't live as someone who carelessly cuts away at people, leaving them damaged and us being one of the troublemakers. David's ask is simply that God would not let their plans succeed. This is a prayer that I've prayed often. God, please, please do not let their plans succeed. Stop them, whatever it takes. It's, it's, it feels bad, but David did it, so I'm going to do it too. Here's the encouragement, though, that the psalm ends on. Let me read it to you in verse 12 to 13. It'll come up on screen as well. I know that the Lord secures justice for the poor and upholds the cause of the needy. Surely the righteous will praise your name and the upright will live in your presence. Surely they will. So yesterday we started reading about how Jesus's words to the church, uh, sorry, reading about Jesus's words to the church. Today, we continue with what Jesus has to say to these churches. Today, we actually read about how we need to live a holy life. The church in Thyatira, uh, Thyatira, it's, look, it's a word and it's in the Bible, you can read it, is praised for its love, faith, service, perseverance and personal growth. And I reckon these are things that we value quite highly in today's society and in the church world too. Let me show you how. Love, for example. In society, there's a huge emphasis on love. It's often misguided though, but there's an emphasis on it. In the church, we say that we love people and love God. Is this a direct instruction from the word of God? What about faith? In society, there's an emphasis on spirituality right now. Having some belief in something, preferably just not Jesus. In the church, faith is a crucial component. The Bible says, without faith, it's impossible to please God. What about service? 
in society, I think this is actually one of the ones that's dropping as there's an increase on the whole what's in it for me culture. But in the church, we're big on service, serving the community, serving one another on a Sunday, serving on team. What about perseverance? Again, I think in society, there's a distinct lack of this unless it edifies yourself. It's a funny tension because as long as it's a sport or celebrity status thing, perseverance is awesome. But uh, sorry, if it's those, we practice perseverance. But if it's not, we're like, oh, perseverance, not really what we're about. In the church, however, we talk about this too, persevering in faith and in action. What about personal growth? This again is a big topic in the world, maybe more personified as self-care. Growing is about discovering more about me. Personal growth in the church world, though, is about, is about becoming more like Jesus and figuring out what things we need to drop. With all of this, Jesus then challenges the idea of tolerance within the church. If we're not careful, we start to believe that loving people is about becoming more tolerant of sin. While tolerance in and of itself is important, there are limits to tolerance. Look at what Jesus says in verse 20 to 21. It'll come up on screen. You tolerate that woman Jezebel who calls herself a prophetess. By, te- by her teaching, she misleads my servants into sexual immorality and by the eating of food sacrificed to idols. I've given her time to repent for her immorality, but she is unwilling. The reality is this. We live in a sex-saturated world. We are encouraged to seek personal sexual freedom and fulfillment in the culture of today. But the Bible has a very clear, distinctive view of sex. It's delighting in it and encouraging that within the right context, being a marriage defined by Christian values and standards, sex itself is fantastic. But anything outside of that, such as promiscuity or pornography, is destructive and unhelpful. Unhelpful. (laughs) Jesus is clear. Jezebel's ways are not what we should endorse or partner with. We need to repent and disassociate with sexual immorality and cling to purity. This purity is what Jesus calls holiness. This is where tolerance loses its ability to be relevant when it comes face to face with holiness. Jesus warns the church not to give away to sexual immorality or to to promiscuity. Promiscuity. That's a hard word to say promiscuity, 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 that word. It's something for us to consider today in all seriousness, because I think if we're not careful, we allow too much in the name of tolerance, we allow sin to become our new thing that we endorse or we encourage or we're okay with in the name of love and tolerance. But Jesus is really clear, guys, this is something we've got to get rid of in order to stay holy. So consider it today where you sit on that. Finally, it's time for a new book, the book of Esther today. Now, the book of Esther does not name its author. However, Jewish and Christian traditions attribute the book of Esther to Mordecai, who's Esther's uncle, or Ezra and Nehemiah, who would have been very familiar with this period of Persian history. This book may have been written between 460 and 350 BC. The book of Esther, in the form of a short story, similar to the book of Ruth, has it sitting in the palace at Susa one of the three capitals of the Persian Empire. The book of Esther describes the Jewish community living in exile in the Persian Empire and gives a new view of the hostility of the non-Jewish enemies in Persia. This book describes how a Jewish woman became the queen of Xerxes, subsequently risking her life in order to save her people, the Jewish people, from total destruction. The book of Esther is the only book in the Bible not to mention the name of God. While this is true, God's providential care of his people is clearly implied through the language of this book. Uh, Esther stands out as one of God's chosen ones. She's sweet and winsome. 
She, 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 she's a likable character. And, and, and it's God alive in Esther. It's the anointing on Esther's life that makes her so. She comes to the kingdom for such a time as this. We see her taking her life into her own hands as she goes in for, uh, for her people and risks her whole life. And she says this to the king, which is pretty crazy. If I perish, I perish. She has such faith in God and she has such integrity to stand on the things that are right in the kingdom of God and risk her own life. As you read the book of Esther, be challenged on your commitment levels to your faith and to standing up for your values and for the people of God. Verse of the day. Verse of the day today, Esther chapter 1 verse 17 says, Now the king was attracted to Esther more than any of the other women, and she won his favor and approval more than any of the other virgins. So she set a royal crown on her head and made her queen instead of Vashti. He set a royal crown, not she. She didn't touch the crown until it was touching her. Why was the king so attracted to Esther more than any of the other girls? I think it's a combination of outer beauty and inner beauty. The fact that she loved God and served him set her apart. That's what got me with Annalise too. It wasn't just her incredible good looks that I definitely didn't just read off of what I wrote down. It wasn't just her incredible good looks. It was the way that she actually loves God too. The fear of the Lord that she has in her life. Both of those together make her stand out. For us, it's true as well. You might be like me and have beautiful exterior, but is your heart fully in love with God? That's something I'm working on too. And that is it for the Daily Brew, day 345 out of 365. Thank you so much for joining me today. And just a caveat, it's something we're all working on. It's not just me, okay? We're all out here working more to be like Jesus. Some of us, like Annalise, just have already all got it made. So that's fantastic. Hey, I'm just kidding. Today, we are done. Thank you so much for joining me here on the Daily Brew. I pray it's been a blessing to you as you read these scriptures, that God would speak to you and reveal more of himself to you, and that you would see more of you in the image of God as well. We are so close, people. It is coming to an end at a rapid speed of knots. If you just found us today for the first time, feel free to head back to day number one and start again so that you can allow the Bible to build on itself. It's got a meta-narrative that we're looking at and the degrees to make sure that you commit to the whole 365 days. That is it though for today. We'll see you back here tomorrow. If it's the start of your day, have a great rest of your day. Unless it's sleep time, good night, sleep tight. Deuces, deuces, and we'll see you tomorrow.